We are, yeah. We are excited um, to be with you today to kick off this new series called Love Handles. And um, over the next few weeks, we'll be talking about different aspects of relationships, different kinds of relationships. Um, like Jeff said, today we're going to talk about parenting. So it's Mother's Day, we're all moms, so, you know, there's the connection. Um, and what, parent, what God has done in our lives and um, what he's taught us, and none of us are perfect. There is no perfect parent, thankfully. So um, the only one we can compare ourselves to is God, and thankfully he offers us a lot of grace in that area. So um, we are going to dive right in. Um, and first, we will um, introduce ourselves. So, Beth, why don't you go first? Okay. I'm Beth Lindborg, and I'm married to Brad, my wonderful husband of 42 years. <laughs> and we have two children. They're grown. Our son, Eric, is 35. Our daughter, Britta, is turning 31 this month. And Eric lives in Charlotte with our wonderful daughter-in-law, Emma and they just had a baby, 18-month-old Zoe. So we're learning to be grandparents as well, and it's a joy. Um, and our daughter, Britta, lives in Seattle, and she's single. <laughs> There's a plug, just in case. Um, I'm Mickey Allgaier, and I'm married to David Allgaier, and we're about to celebrate our 16-year anniversary. Um, we are in the trenches of raising three teenage girls, so please pray for us. Um, we have a 14-year-old daughter, Deva, and 13-year-old twin daughters, Ellie and Samantha. And uh, my name's Natalie Puljong. I'm married to Eric, and um, we've been married almost eight years, so we're, I'm the newbie on this stage right now. Um, and we have two children, Clementine, who is almost four, her birthday is this week, and Duke, who is six months. So um, we're just entering the parenting world, and I'm learning a lot already from these ladies, so I'm really thankful um, for them. Uh, we want to start first in talking about parenting. There's a lot of um, extremes in parenting. There's highs, there's lows, um, good things, bad things. Um, and so we just want to talk about a few highs and lows uh, when it comes to parenting. So what do you got, Nikki? Oh, I mean, parenting three teenage girls is no joke, but everything is funny. Um, we have hormones just going crazy. We've got one that walks in the room any second. She's bawling and crying and just doesn't know what's wrong. And, and then five seconds later, she's fine. Everything's okay. So we really never know what we're going to get with one of them. Um, the other one, we have a special needs daughter who's autistic, and um, she's just precious and has a great personality. Her favorite thing to talk about right now is her husband, who she's named Mr. Lucky. Um, <laughs> and then we have... Another 13-year-old precious girl who thinks she's never going to wear makeup, um, but we got her some makeup, and she, came, she comes in all done up and completely dolled up and says, okay, where are we going? We need to go somewhere. I'm ready to go. And so we're kind of in, in this interesting, like, funny stage of um, trying to discover ourselves. So fun. So when I think about highs and lows, when, I, when our children were little, it was all the simple things. Um, favorite thing was naked baby tag, which they named, and it's tearing through the house after a bath trying to catch each other. Or I think about times when Brad was very generous and let us have the hose on for half the day, and we'd play water tag or just drench each other. Um, the neighbors would join in sometimes, and it was just a lot of fun. Or fill in the kiddie pool with bubbles and very simple things made life joyful. 
Then we got into the teenage years in high school and mostly I think about that as just watching your child grow and especially to grow in their faith, that was awesome. And um, to grow in their achievements of sports or music and, and just to start, start to see them take responsibility and enter a little bit of adulthood. One of my favorite stories is when Eric was a senior and it was time for prom, his school did a neat thing, which was to invite the parents to come in at some point of the prom. So we entered and found out Eric was being crowned king of, of prom, and that was pretty cool. And so they started the dancing, and Eric turned to me and invited me to take the first dance with him. And of course I melted and thought that was really special that a senior high boy would think of his mom on his special night. And while we were dancing, he took the opportunity to whisper in my ear many words of deep appreciation for how I had been a good mom to him. So that was pretty cool. Um, also, when they're adults, now Eric has turned to Brad and I on multiple occasions and thanked us for being faithful to each other, for loving each other, for having a solid marriage, and how that is helping him now in his marriage. I love hearing that. Um, so many things that I know I can look forward to in life as kids go, the drama included, you know, um, emotions. Um, you know, I have little kids, so um, things are funny a lot, you know. Um, a lot of funny things are said in our house, and, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of funny things that happen. But one thing that's been the funniest is um, what parenting has done to Eric and I um, and makes us, like, weird, you know. When you have kids and you're downtown Savannah and you're walking around, you're always going to say, oh, look at the horsies, look at the horsies, right? And um, so you do that enough and then you're not with your kids and you're with your friends and you're like, look at the, never mind, <laughs> never mind. Um, but one time we were out, I asked him if I could share this story. He said, okay. One time we were out for dinner for our anniversary and I think three years ago and we went to dinner at this really nice restaurant and um, we're all dressed up. It was a great meal. And when we're leaving, um, the hostess says, good night, Mr. and Mrs. Puljong. And my handsome professional husband turns and says, night, night. And I was like, did you just say night, night? He's like, yes, I did. Keep walking. <laughs> so that's us. There's um, nothing like the first time you tell your adult friends before a road trip to go potty quick. Right. Yeah. That too. Can't wait. So um, we want to talk a little bit about... Um, best practices, and you know, we use that term loosely, nobody's perfect, we're just trying to figure out what works for us and our families. So um, what are some things that has worked well for you and your family? And um, I'll get started in that, you know, with little kids, I'm learning that it's all about the little things. Um, it's the little conversations, it's the little interactions, because they don't quite get big concepts and um, long-term consequences and, you know, things like that with parenting, but it's the little things, so it's conversations. Um, we try to be really intentional about conversations about God um, in everyday life. And so how do we do that? Well, it's like trial and error, I think, for us. Um, when we take walks to the park, uh, she likes to collect nature things, and so um, we'll pick up rocks. Her grandpa actually just gave her a vest for her birthday to collect all of her little nature things in, and um, we collect them, but we don't just collect them, we try to say, wow, look at that rock. That's her favorite thing right now. Rocks. Look how sparkly it is. Like, look what God did. Like, God put those sparkles in there. 
isn't that neat? He didn't have to do that, but he did it because it's beautiful. And, um, you know, when she's scared of ants, you know, I'll say, well, look at the ant. Look, it's carrying something. And, and isn't it amazing that God can create something so tiny? Um, and um, it's beautiful. Look at the clouds. And so my goal, our goal as parents is to develop a sense of wonder um, in her so that she grows always knowing that God is the creator and that he loves us so much that um, he made beautiful things for us. And... Um, so we hope that that um, continues to um, help her as she develops and grows in life. Um, also, t- teaching and pointing her about Jesus um, in, in certain circumstances. Um, you know, we're at a preschool, and there's altercation on the playground, right? And come home, and we hear stories about it, and, um, well, so-and-so did that to you. Okay, well, did you tell the teacher? Yes. Okay, well, should we pray for them? Maybe we should. Or we should treat them kindly. Um, And how can we do that? And um, one time uh, they had us, Eric and my daughter were on a walk, and they had a situation with a gentleman in Savannah that um, was um, using profanity and cursing at them when they were walking and jumping on cars, kind of acting erratic. And uh, and so that, you know, stuck out to her for a long time. And so every night um, we would pray for the bad man, and we would pray that, um, that he would know how much he's loved by God and that his life would be changed in some way. We don't know who he is, um, but we try to not just tell, but to show. And so um, those are things that we've found that, are, that work so far um, with young kids. So what about you, Mickey? Well, we're in, you know, the stage of raising young adults, um, hopefully, you know, going to grow up to be great, responsible, wonderful, compassionate people. Um, we're learning a lot about communication. Um, I feel like there's some days when we're doing it pretty good. Dave and I go to bed and go, high five, we did pretty good today. Um, and there's other days where we, we just have to say, that was not good, and I need to go say I'm sorry to my kids. Um, we started that kind of an early stage um, in their lives where we had to go and at night and just say, I didn't handle that well today. Um, mom didn't respond the right way to that, and that is not the way a mom talks to a child, and, and I'm really sorry for that. And ask for forgiveness and be really humble about that with your children. Um, and just, you know, say, we, we didn't succeed today. It wasn't great, but guess what? Today's, today's done. Um, Jesus wipes the slate clean for us, and tomorrow is a new day. And so they've learned a lot from an early age um, that... Forgiveness is really important, and I, I've said to my kids, please forgive me for today. It was not good. I want to do to, tomorrow differently. So let's wipe that slate clean. Please forgive me. Um, they've learned so much about the character of Jesus through that. You know, that he's a, a, a loving, compassionate, gracious, forgiving God who, that's what he does for us every single day. And they're learning that in their personal relationships with their friends. Um, I try so hard to teach my kids not to text things to their friends when they need to work something out. But to actually call them or wait until they're face-to-face and say, hey, that wasn't great what I said to you yesterday, or I didn't handle that right, and I just want your forgiveness. And you know, their friends are like, what? Why don't you just text that to me? Um, but it's so important for them to learn that's not, that's not okay. Um, it's just been a really good example of forgiveness and washing the slate clean and also teaching them about humility um, and praying that all those things draw them deeper into their own relationship with Jesus. Um, in Philippians 3.13, Paul talks about forgetting the things behind us, the things of our past, not to be content with past labors or present measures of grace. He tells us to reach forward and to become more and more like unto Christ. And that's what we're really trying to develop in our children so that they become really compassionate and gracious adults. Um, 
that's one thing that's worked really great for us. The other thing has been we are so blessed to be a part of a community. Um, I've, you know, known Beth and Natalie for so long, and they've watched my children grow up, and it really does take a village to raise your children. And now I have teenagers who I know they're not going to want to talk to their mom all the time about the things that they're going through, um, but I know they can go to my friends. I know I trust these people in my life to help me raise my kids. I, it's an honor to, to know that I... I, I trust anything that they say, that they advise my kids. So it really does take a community. So just really be a part of a really healthy body of people somewhere, somehow, um, that, you know, you can kind of grow your kids with. Well, Mickey, I wish I would have known that raising my kids. <laughs> um, that I, the concept of easy forgiveness is not, is not easy. So, but what we're doing as moms is trying to teach our children the character of God in all that we do. You're teaching your children that God is a forgiving God. He wipes the slate clean. You're teaching your children God is magnificent and wonderful and creative, and he's in all of life. And that's what we wanted too, Brad and I as parents, um, to teach our children God is in all of life. And one thing I was struggling with when I was a young mother um, and very frustrated with was Christmas. And I felt like Christmas was, the, the day was jam-packed with presents and food and people and family and at the end of the day I was just empty and exhausted. And I thought, this should not be. This is, this is the time when my Savior was born. I want my kids to know that. So I determined I was going to take Christmas back. <laughs> And uh, we started, instead of celebrating Christmas we, Christmas, we celebrated Advent. So we started on December 1st and celebrated all the way through Christmas Day. And the way that we did that was we got a Yule log. Brad took Eric, he was only three years old, and they went out into the woods and they gathered a very large log. And into this log, we drilled 25 holes. And into those 25 holes, we put 25 taper candles. And every night, the log sat in front of our fireplace. We would light one candle, gather the children on little floor pillows, and tell them the story of Christmas, the true meaning of Christmas. We broke the Christmas story down into very doable little segments that a three-year-old could grasp. We embellished it with lots, over the years I collected lots of Christmas books, scripture, food, crafts, anything we could use that was creative and inexpensive. We even got costumes and we acted out the Christmas story. Um, and it was a really warm and fun time for the kids and for us as well. And then it, it became so much a part of our lives that the kids would be outside playing and they'd be say to their neighborhood friends, oh, we gotta go in, it's candle time, it's candle time. And after a while, the neighborhood kids said, what's candle time? And they, were, they would tell them a little bit about it, and the neighborhood kids begged to come in and have candle time with us. So we did that, we let the neighborhood kids come in sometimes. Brad even talked a lot about it down at work. And his uh, boss at the time said, well, I wanna come to candle time. So we even had his boss in, and we were able to tell the true story and meaning of Christmas. I love hearing that. That's a great idea, especially with young kids now. We need to go find some woods and chop down a Yule log. Um, that's great. Thank you, Beth and Mickey. Uh, when we were talking about this 
time today and what we would talk about, what God, we felt like God would want us to share, um, was we talked about some struggles. What do we struggle with in parenting? And um, they're pretty universal. You know, parents, it, it differs, but there's big things that we all struggle with. And one thing that a lot of us, um, or all of us, really talked about struggling with was the idea of fear and how to handle fear and how to, what to do with that because we all face it as parents. So um, let's talk a little bit about that. Well, this has been a real struggle for me. I've always struggled with fear and anxiety. And, um, you know, now that, now that I have children and now that they're at that, you know, preteen, almost you know, adult-ish age, um, I struggle with fear over everything in their lives from, you know, from their futures, their lives, um, their... The, the fact that they have a phone, um, predators, um, their protection at school when I can't be with them. Um, you know, you can worry about every single aspect of their lives, their, their personal safety, everything. Um, and it can be really consuming, it can be really, really overwhelming. I, I was at the point even early on with my kids that I would have dreams, like, you know, not every night, but often enough that, I mean, it's scary. You wake up and you think, why? Why am I having these dreams about my, my children's safety or, or about their futures or everything. Um, fear can be completely overwhelming and consuming, and um, you really have to remind yourself on a daily basis that that fear and anxiety are not from God. God clearly tells us in his word, 2 Timothy 1.7, that he gives us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So I can know that God is in control. I know, I do know, and I trust God loves Samantha and Deva and Ellie way more than I do, and that's a lot. Um, so I can trust that they're, they're going to be okay. That fear is still going to be there. doesn't just make it go away, but I can have peace about that. The only way really to, to have that peace is to be really um, dedicated to your prayer life and, and scripture and word and, and being in the word. Um, so when I struggle the most, I have to turn to God in prayer, and I read scriptures like Psalm 56.3. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. Um, it doesn't always just take it away, but it does give me peace to know God's got this. God has their lives in his hands. It's going to be okay. Has so much to do with being in the word and being in prayer. And just like every mom, we all struggle with time. Parents, too, dads too. Um, we struggle with that time, with to, with being dedicated to have that kind of time in prayer and in the word. But if you do it, God really does give you that peace. The, the most famous scripture that I love the most about this is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your very specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace that transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. He gives you that armor from that fear and that anxiety so that you don't have to feel that all the time, that you can have that peace. That's great. Um, I resonate with a lot of what you're saying um, as far as trusting um, in the Lord more than anything. You know, when, you had, when I had my children, you know, they just hand them to you and you're in charge, you know, whether you know what you're doing or not. And um, they give them to you, and then from that moment on, you're consumed with, um, are they sleeping? Are they breathing if they're sleeping? And um, am I feeding them enough? Are they getting enough? I don't know. You know, all of these um, questions and concerns and worries really can overpower you. Combined with no sleep, 
it's, you're a mess, right? Um, and it can be so much that your eyes just become, um, you become very fearful. Your eyes are turned towards yourself and your child and what can I control? Can I fix it? Can I keep them perfectly safe? And we all know that you can't. I don't have that power. I wish I did, um, but I don't. Even if my children are with me, something could still happen. And so I have to choose every day. Who am I going to trust? Am I going to trust me, who can mess things up? Um, am I going to trust my children just to make good choices and decisions? No. So I have to trust the Lord. I mean, that's my only option um, for peace. My only option for peace is to do that. And so um, every day and multiple times a day, I have to say, who am I trusting in? And often it's myself. And so I have to ask God to help me turn my eyes to him, like that old hymn, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And I have to think that constantly. And it reminded me of um, Hebrews um, 12. I think it's verse 2. Um, it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And that's it. Like, that's my only hope. So, yeah, I agree. Fear is... Maybe anxiety, worry, fear is kind of a particular woman thing. And when, it's, when you're a mother, it kind of kicks into full gear. Yeah. And on the other end of the spectrum with older children, um, my fear is for my daughter. She's very far away from us distance-wise being in Seattle. Our input and our influence with her is, you know, almost gone, done. Um, so... Also, she's far away from God spiritually, and that gives me great concern. Uh, she's an adult making her own decisions, and it's difficult to know how best to love her and how to keep communication lines open. Um, so, same thing. Can I trust God? I come back to that. And the answer is yes. I can trust God. I can, I can release her as an adult woman making her own decisions into his care. And then prayer becomes vitally important. Um, and, the, and the word. So uh, I've learned that it's a different kind of conversation with her now. Um, and some verses that have really helped me in our relationship are Romans 2, 4. It says, it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. So my, my goal and my striving with her is to keep the conversation open and to show her kindness because that's what brought me back to God. I was my daughter. I was completely rebellious, but God pursued me and it was out of his kindness that I realized I need to turn back to him and find a fulfilling life. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So I keep that in mind when I'm talking to my daughter and she's telling me the crazy stuff that she's doing out there that I don't approve of, you know. But um, I be kind and compassionate and I have to be the initiator in forgiveness because that's how, Christ, how God forgave me. Because of Christ, he forgave me first. And then I turn to him. Luke 6, 33, 36 says, Be merciful just as your father is merciful. So these are things that I hang on to and try to align myself to the way of God 
with my daughter. Thank you for sharing those scriptures. Um, you know, scripture is the one thing that can keep us going. You know, it's God's word, so it's God speaking to us. And if we feel like God is silent, we open up his word and say, okay, what are you saying? And so if we have those things in our minds and in our hearts, um, God's word is living and active, and it will, he, he will speak to us. And so that's a huge, a huge thing. Um, our final question um, is, what do you wish you had known before having kids? If you could just answer that in a second. <laughs> we could talk about that for a long time. Um, there is a lot. But um, what is one thing, you know, one thing that you wish you had known before having kids? Should I go first? Sure. You going to go first? Okay. Um, you got a list. Okay. I'll go first. Um, I, I learned that, um, and I am learning, that it's okay to slow down. I think as a woman who... Um, you know, was working um, before I got married, full-time, busy, busy, um, fast-paced. We got married. That was challenging, you know, how marriage makes things challenging. You know, it's two adults, but you figure it out. Um, but then I was still working when I had my first child, and wow, it's like everything changes. And um, you really have to change how you think about things and your pace. And, um, but the hard part is um, the pressure I put on myself and the pressure in our culture to just say, okay, oh, you had a baby? Cool, keep going. You know, you need to look good and pretend like you never had a baby and, you know, do everything that you did before um, at the same pace and don't expect anything to change. And I think that is just so difficult um, because it's impossible. And so... Um, I wish I had known um, that it was okay to slow down because I'm learning that now, but it took me a while. It was a big learning curve for me. And what I had to rely upon um, is the idea of just God's grace. Um, it took me a while to really say, okay, I need that. Um, and then I have weaknesses and I can't do everything. And it's okay because he still loves me. And that doesn't, none of that um, is my identity. I'm his. I'm not anything else first. And so um, 2 Corinthians 12.9 um, says, but he said to me, God speaking to Paul, because Paul was like, I'm struggling with this uh, thing in my life, this issue, and I don't know why, and I need your help. And Jesus said, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. And so I have plenty of weaknesses, and that is the key. I just need to give those over to God so his strength can be shown through that. And slow down, and it's okay. That's a great point. Um, we jokingly talked about, uh, I wish somebody had just told us how tired we'd be. Goodness gracious, even with teenagers, it's just a different kind of tired. Um, for me, you know, I'm intelligent enough to know that every one of us is differently is different, but when you have three kids, they really are so different, and it requires a different kind of parenting for each one. What works for one definitely did not work for the other. We have an autistic daughter in our family, so that none of that worked for what we were doing with her. Um, so you really are parenting three different, totally different personalities, and I just don't think I was prepared for that. Like, I thought you just, one, one size fits all, and it doesn't. And so that's also to be rejoiced in. You have three beautiful different personalities that bring so much to the table, and watching them develop into little people is just, it's really amazing. But it, I just didn't, I don't think I realized how different the parenting style would have to be for each kid. Um, and again, like I said, we have a special needs component, a component. So it's been 
such a blessing. You never expect that to be a part of your life, and you know that can be devastating to some people, but it has been the richest blessing in our family to watch these other two girls and how they have nurtured this, uh, their sister and, and how that has shaped their personalities and their hearts. And I just think about the fact that these girls are growing up to be compassionate, extra compassionate and selfless and nurturing human beings. I just pray that that makes them um, just even better adults. Yeah, I agree. They're so different, you know, and I wish there's some way somebody could communicate that to you but I don't know if it really can be known until you are going through it. But our children are both so very different from each other. Um, but I wish somebody also would have communicated to me this thing that, that they are real human beings. Um, maybe especially as women, we're a little bit romantic about having a baby. But you're not just having a baby. You're having a real human being who you're going to raise and train and, and nurture and these real human beings make real choices. They make real decisions. And I thought that I was under this myth that if I just did everything right, according to God's word, or, you know, that they'd turn out. But that's not necessarily true because we're real human beings and we have to make our own choices when it comes to God. And uh, that really blindsided me. I got to tell you, I, I did not expect it. So for me, I really had to dig into prayer to figure this out. Um, I particularly went through some of the things that our daughter did. I went through a deep, a year of deep sadness I, as how, the best way I could say. I wasn't depressed, but it was like this river of sadness just ran under an undercurrent throughout my life for at least a year until I got to know God at a different level. And that was through prayer. It was through getting actually literally going into my bedroom and shutting the door like the scriptures advise us to do. And, and really talking to God, using the Psalms to cry out like David did in so many of them. So advice to you, get your prayer life going if you got kids. <laughs> Amen. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, we're going to wrap up here, and um, there's no better way to wrap up than to talk about prayer. And, um, you know, there are obviously a lot of us here, we're all in different stages of life, um, young parents, um, parents of teens or adults or no kids, no parents, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but we know that whenever we have questions about anything or uncertainties or fears, this is, I mean, this is our hope, you know, the word of God. And it's, um, it's listening to God through reading his word and praying, talking to him. And that's, that's the relationship and how it is developed. And so that's our prayer. Um, my prayer for our family and for our church um, is that we would all seek that out and that God, he's pursuing us, and so we just have to say, I'm ready, you know? So um, let's go ahead and pray. Father, um, I thank you for today. I thank you for um, just this church, the families that are represented here. Lord, um, you know us. You know our struggles. You know our weaknesses even better than we do, and Lord, we just um, ask that you would reveal those things to us so that we could give them back to you and ask for your help. We know that your grace extends far beyond what we can imagine, and um, we are indebted to you, Lord. And I pray that you would help um, any of us in here who are parents or have any influence over children in our lives, that 
Um, you would equip us with your word, with grace, with mercy, with kindness, so that we could point these children to you and that you could change their hearts and draw them um, closer to you. God, we love you and pray this all in your name.